caught between, didn't copy the reading scripture for y'all in there. I was going to put something else in there earlier. Uh, but I went in and trying to fit this together, uh, not seeing the forest for the trees, not seeing the forest for the trees. I, I hope that I can get the message over to the, your understanding this morning, not to your understanding because Jesus has to give you the understanding. That's the only way we could get the understanding of the word of God is that he opened up the understanding. And uh, when preaching comes, when preaching comes, it should come on the heels of teaching. It should come on the heels of teaching. Uh, I was wondering the Old Testament is there, the word of God, but we see all of that was written for our admonition, the ones of us that end time should fall upon. And consistently, that refrain in the word of God, study to show yourself approved. Read, study the scriptures, they're able to make you wise unto salvation. And in Genesis, God starts a story but the story that ends in Revelations is just that. It's a compilation of God speaking to his chosen people in filling in the details. Mm-hmm. Filling in the details of a story that had finished happening, that it happened, but it's so much missing. It's so much that we, that's not in there. And Coming back, we what I want us to see, uh, I should say, is that when he created man upon the earth, when he made that project and, and created the world and created everything therein, that was to his glory to hide that from us, to hide it from kings, to hide it from his people, that they would come out and search, seek after him, and find what he had hidden. Yes. So it's the glory of God, the book of Proverbs, the 14th chapter, I think, is of, of Proverbs in the 15th verse, where it says uh, about it's the glory of God to hide the matter from us, and that the kings of that we would seek to find him, to seek after him, I'll get to that so I won't blow it out of, uh, bring it out of context. But herein is a mystery, a great mystery, the mystery of godliness set beside the mystery of iniquity. Satan blinds our eyes, God blinds our eyes. There's a big picture, but then the devil's also in the details of that picture. So in finding and searching after God, which he commands us or whatever, it's a limited number of people that he assigned that task to. <clears throat> those would be the calling of those would be his chosen people. <clears throat> in making man, I think the, the biggest thing, I, I've been running across a lot of it and trying to study it or whatever, uh, it's a guy that with a book out about 
you remember I always tell y'all about the bondage of the will or whatever. And the greatest illusion is that we have free will. We don't have free will. There's no such thing as free will. You're either in bondage to the will of Satan or you're in bondage to the will of God. You're either serve God or you serve Satan. You can't serve yourself. There's no in-between, no middle ground. Each one of those has, each one of those, we have to see it as not a, a fight between God and Satan as such. But it's all a part of God creating man in his image and his likeness. Yes. <clears throat> Those that he creates in his image and his likeness are called the first fruits of the creation. That, that's his church. Mm-hmm. That's the ones that's going to seek after God, find him, find him, lay hold to him, and grow in a certain way. But then there's those God had put eternity in our hearts, but there are those that Satan sends alone to replicate or duplicate God's people. They have, they think they have the same purpose and the reason, and they don't know what they're being driven by, whether it's by self or what force drives them or whatever, but they're blinded. It's their ambitions, it's them, whereas we all are blinded in, in a certain fact. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I hope I'm not messing this up so much. We all blinded to a certain extent from birth. As, you know, and all of these stories in the Bible and all of the parables and everything, it's just there buried, a compilation of things that's not written to the natural man. It's written to the spiritual man. It's written and it's buried and it's going to come alive as we come to Jesus Christ, as we come to God. As he draws us there, we get a better grasp, understanding of that. That word understanding there means comprehension, Mm -hmm. a capacity to grasp, get a grasp of something. And everybody can't comprehend. Everybody don't have that ability to comprehend or whatever. Satan's servants, we see here, where God goes to the point of calling them dumb dogs, that they're blind and they're ignorant, because those are the tares. Those are the ones that, as the people slept, as God, the so-called servants said, they slept. The enemy came along and sowed tares, into the harvest. And the master said, well, just let them all grow up together and I'll have the angels separate them before the harvest. So we've been growing together for years and years, not realizing God's purpose hadn't been thwarted. It's been being achieved in every dispensation and at all the time and it's just everything is falling into place the way it should have. Yes. That's the big picture. The big picture is that it's all going to work the way he said it is in this book. And it's going to end the way he said it will in the book of Revelations. The 22nd chapter, very last verse. It's all going to be complete. But there's going to be those on this path of enlightenment of this journey 
that God comes into their lives and he enlightens them and births them again, births them over and starts to regenerate them to where they can see both sides, the physical side and the spiritual side. But then those that are not born again, those he says must not, that must be born again, that are not born again, they won't ever come to the realization that they are the reprobates. They're servants of sin. They're servants of Satan. Those are the ones that's the Pharisees. He says, now since you say you see, your sin remaineth, that they won't come out. So those are the ones he's talking to here in that chapter, the 56th chapter, when he says, verse 9, all ye beasts of the field come to devour, yea, all ye beasts of the forest come and devour the sheep of his pasture. So we will have real sheep, some of his people devoured along the way and taken out along the way. But that's part of, of the cost of creation. That's part of the cost of making us, of, of creation, of making us complete, making us in his image and likeness because no man can find out about God naturally or through natural means of coming to God being born of the wheel or being born of the flesh, you have to be born of God. And there are some that won't come to that realization that will always be missing the forest because of the trees. They're given to details. I I don't know if you've seen that movie Jack Reacher, but I don't want to give any of it, you know, to those who hadn't seen it or whatever. But Jack Reacher told one of the detectives named Emerson or whatever, uh, they was talking about some aspects of what had happened, and he told him that you can't see the forest for the trees. When researching this, I stayed in there, I, I know, a long time online, just going through the different synopsis of this, breaking it down. What does that mean? That means some of us are given to the details. We can't see the big picture. We can't see what God's doing. We can't see the world coming together, God's plan coming together, because we're too focused on the trees. He said, what's the serial number on the rifle? And he didn't tell him at that time. He said, well, what's the date on the quarter? Well, he didn't really... Reacher had had memorized both of them, but it the quarter played the most significant point part throughout the show, and it came back at the end of the show that <clears throat> sometimes we too enmeshed in the details, and we forget forget about the weightier matters of the law. Now I'm going to give you the conclusion as I go along. I mean, at the beginning. So that you can read it in here with the end. When not seeing the trees, we do not see the individual. In other words, when we can't see the church, when we can't see what God is accomplishing, we too focus on the details. That was the Pharisees. You remember the Pharisees? He says you tied mint and coming and you forget about the weightier matters of the law. 
that they were so focused on him not breaking the Sabbath and the rules and the law. And that's what happens a lot of the, he put that law there to condemn sin in the flesh. Because, you know, the law wasn't there in the beginning now. He gave the law because of transgressions. They had broken the law. Adam and Eve had broke what God had commanded them. What God puts us in us. So when he awakens us, when he gives us grace, we back in that state. If we would just trust Jesus. That we've been born again. He's regenerating us. If we would just obey him and study his word, follow his word. If we continue in his word, he'll awaken us. He'll give us understanding. He'll give us new life, eternal life. We'll start to realize that the kingdom of God is among us, is within us. But if we so focus upon the trees, we can't see that it's a unity. What you do to one, you do to all. That you can't love God and hate your brother. And they were so hard on the on the publicans and, and all of the others that they were so focused on the minutia of things. They forgot about the weightier matters of the law. About mercy, grace, and judgment. And that God had put us here to love one another, to love the Lord thy God with all of our heart in the search and seek after him. Yes. But they had turned inward. They were focusing upon one another. That's the problem that, that we're having politically now and within the churches. That focusing upon one another is the reason the House of Representatives is so divided and tearing themselves apart. Yes. That's the reason the church is tearing itself apart. Is that we focus on the details. Yes. We bring everybody up to think. Now, when there's, there's a dual problem there. That's why I say I, I sit there and kept studying and looking at this. It says, now, we're not seeing the forest. I mean, we're not seeing the trees. We do not see the individual. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if we get too tied up in that looking at the big picture and everybody gets tired away, and the churches get tired away with feeding funds and growing the church, and, and you know, and, and being a mega churches and all of these things. Yes. And the small matters drop by the wayside. Mm-hmm. See, because we're not here to to raise numbers. We're not here, you know, the broad way. You eliminate a lot of the the law. A lot of of what God's word was intended for those details there for a reason. Yes, that's what complicated the stir. I was wondering when he kept saying that the big picture and the forest for the trees, but then I came back and I watched the other the TV series Reacher. Mm. Lee Childs, the screen name he writes it by, and I researched this online and looked at it. That you have to have a balance. You have to have a both. Because he kept telling the guy, details matter. The details matter. Those trees matter. So both matter, the forest and the trees. He said, well, what happened last that morning or what they say, 1159, so it still officially was nighttime. 
And he said, Reach it. He, he told the Finley, he said, Details matter, Finley. So Finley picked up on that, that details matter. Jesus told them that details did matter. He said, because you have to give account for every idle word that you speak. Yes. So now that, that can put us in a, a kind of a paradoxical situation here. Both of them, we got to learn to balance this. And that's why I say a church has to have balance. You have to have preaching and teaching. Comprehension, we must seek the Lord and search for him with all of our heart, with all of our understanding, because if you venture out without him, it's self-ambition. And you build bigger buildings and you do all this, and the Lord's not the building of that building, you laboring in vain. There's a lot of large churches that has went by the wayside. There's a lot of people or whatever that has fallen off because they get it. They like the lay of the sins. They was wealthy. The lay of the sins was very wealthy. They had no need of anything. But they didn't realize they were poor, wretched, and naked because they that was building the building was building it without Christ. So don't you give your body to be burned. You have sacrificial love without charity, it profited you nothing. So you must be born again. You have to have Jesus Christ in your life. And and that's why I say, please don't miss Bible study. He says, don't forsake the assembling together of yourself. So that's what the church should be doing throughout the eons, is studying the word, because the word didn't do it forever. That's what gives you life. Yes. It's going to be on sleeping and slumbering next week. Mm. That's awareness. Because everybody, just look around. You can't go anywhere without people just falling asleep or not paying attention. Well, that's called slumbering. That's a lack of the zeal of the Spirit of God. Mm. That's why it says slumbering and slothfulness because... The Spirit gives you energy. When he, his disciples that walked with him, the apostles and everything, he asked them to pray with him. He said, can you pray with me? Let's go in the garden and pray. He was about to go to his death. He came back on three different occasions, and each time they had fell asleep. He says, the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pray that you not enter into temptation. You see, because those slumberers and sleepers, they're not aware of what's going on around them. They're not circumspect. And when the soldiers came for Jesus, Peter jumped up and he whacked one of the soldiers' ears off. And Jesus got him and put the soldier's ear back on his hat and says, put up your sword and Later on, he says, take your sword. One is enough. So within that, he changed the spiritual perspective of that. They start, he had to open up their understanding of when he spoke something or said something, he was speaking in a mystery and they had to come to him for that bread, that daily bread, for the understanding of what he meant. That when he said, give us this day our daily bread, he meant, give us the word of God. Amen. 
But then I need Jesus to, to give a revelation of just what this means. Because in that parable, when they kept rejecting Jesus, and, and in Matthew 13, chapter, if you go back and study, it's about six or seven parables that ends here that Jesus has spoken because he was showing them, I've said all this in dark sense, and I'm going to lay out this book. I'm going to lay out this Bible, and I'm going to put the way to salvation, and I'm going to hide it in plain sight. Yes. Have anything been hidden from you in plain sight? Yes. You know, I don't know where that burning bush, I don't know how long it had been burning or how many times that Moses had walked by there or whatever. But until God calls our attention to something, until God wakes us up, until we fully realize that we have to be led by the Spirit of God, and that is each and every day, wake up and pray and pray. That We notice that Jesus prayed each day. Yes. He was praying to be led by the Spirit of God, to lead him not into no temptation because he could be led into temptation and off a path of righteousness because he could be led for his own namesake, for self-ambition. There's a lot of people, and I've done that my whole life. Yes. I'm just now gaining a little sight as I get older, working for myself. There's a lot of people that has physically worked all the time and tried to be good, but that was their mistake. You can't do it. it it's a fool's error, and you can't be good. You can't do any of that. It's only Jesus Christ that can cause goodness. It's only Jesus Christ that can open the blind eyes that you see and that you understand and that he opens your eyes to the mystery of iniquity. Amen. Wednesday night was in Corinthians explaining about this and about man studying the word of God. And in this big picture, and I was telling you about those shepherds that he says are blind, are dumb dogs that are greedy. In other words, they are for themselves. They labor for their own belly. In other words, you will find yourself in a lot of churches and following preachers or whatever that strip you and take everything you have and sometimes cause all kinds of havoc in your marital life, in your relationship with your children. Didn't you say I come to cause a division? Yes. Because if you're not with fear and trembling, and that word fear means reverence for God, that's the beginning of understanding, reverence to God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and understanding because you're relying upon him. Yes. Because it's going to tear your home apart. You will find yourself moving away from those that you were very close to because you can see the different ideas and aspects of what had happened. Even when you sit down and watch television and anything you can do, you'll see that God created the world and everything in there for good. Amen. Yes, Lord. And so have the television shows and things you're watching, have they been started to make better sense now that you come to Jesus? That you can watch a television show. I was watching Law and Order last night, uh, and it was had so much spiritual implications about this man who had torn his heart home apart, had, had, his son had lost, he wasn't an image in his son's sight, but his wife had, had marred that image 
through her evil and self-centeredness, but she they made her, Bellamy Young played that part. They made her a compassionate creature, a woman, in other words, that had a maternal instinct because the man was wrong in all of these things. But see, that's what I say. In the big picture, there won't be man and wife in the, in the resurrection. You remember Jesus told them that they neither marry nor given in marriage. So we have the family, we have family life the way it is now to teach us a lesson that people matter, that details matter, that both of those opinions, that both of those people, the man was who he was. He was a pig. He was a dog. But the woman who was, she was who she was. She was vindictive. She was evil. She was in a way, but she was maternal. So you couldn't just take sides in that. That's the way the world has that. Yes. And that's what I say. Uh, even though you tempt to be good, that's your own righteousness. Each one of them was in their own righteousness. But we have to be in the righteousness of God and that prevent those types of dilemmas. The word of God would prevent those type dilemmas. That's the dilemma Solomon found himself in. That he had all that wisdom and understanding, but he caused the kingdom to be divided. He caused one of his children to be killed. The first uh, abortion, uh, not abortion because the baby was born, but God killed the baby and said, I don't have to kill that baby, David. When Solomon and the people seen this and heard of this, Solomon's children. David's children, the sword never left David's house because David created this havoc in his own family because he was like this guy I told you about on Law and Order because he had two different balances in his life. God covered for him in this and that he killed the child. He gave him another child, which was Solomon beloved, but it was because of David's lust that this child was killed. It was because of David's lust that the sword never left his house, that his children kill and rape one another. Yes. Now you see, if we walking in the will of God, and God sets forth something for us, years earlier in David's life, David didn't even fight for it or whatever. There was a man called Nabal that had a, a wonderful wife, and she was married to a pig. That's why they call him Nabal. He was a fool. He didn't believe in God. He didn't believe in those things. And God naturally killed him. I died of a stroke, a, a heart attack or something, but he died and David married his wife. God allowed that to happen. See, if God's doing this, God has to be in your life. Yes. Yes. That's why I say, if you start getting, God gives you understanding and he starts opening up the scriptures to show you the different faucets and things that can happen in life because we're all human and we're born human but we're born blind and, and until we call to God and ask Him for mercy sometimes the details trip us up because details does matter but the big picture is this woman said she did all she did because she wanted to hold her family together. She didn't want to lose what they had. She didn't want to lose the inheritance that the children that her son would have had. She didn't want to do all that. So we have good causes and reasons for some things. Yes. But is it driven by greed and by covetousness? See, herein lies the problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah. God is not first in your life. It says, seek ye the Lord. 
put him first in all of our lives and everything we do. Seek ye the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added unto you. So it's necessary that you put self to death. It says, lean not to your own understanding because there's a way that seemeth right to a man. In the end thereof is death and destruction. Now, if you need to sleep, he says, he gives his beloved sleep. He gives them sleep. The God of Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers, but he gives his beloved sleep. He gives us restful sleep. He gives us peaceful sleep. But have you noticed that when God shows sleep, the majority of the time he shows that's inattentive or unaware. Now, it says in the book of Colossians, he says, Paul says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, and that you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spirit spiritual understanding. And those are things that you have to ask God for. Is wisdom from above, not of the world. Because you're watching television and you're watching all of these things and you're not asking God to come in and put his perspective, to allow you to see this from his perspective. What do he mean by this? What do he want you to get out of this? Because we all can watch one picture or watch something else. And that's eyewitness account. A lot of the people say that that's why they, that they don't believe in the Bible because in the synoptic gospels, the witnesses of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, or whatever, some of them describe it different ways because that's what we learn in the world through our legal system and everything. And they how the eyewitness testimony is terribly unreliable or whatever. Well, what eyewitness testimony is, is to see it from whose point of view. These stories don't contradict one another. It's that God allows these individuals to be who they are. And they're seeing it from their perspective of their point of view. And then God brings it in and shows you the right point of view shows you from his perspective what he wants you to get out of this. That's why it says we all agree in one. In other words, we agree in Christ. That's why you can love and forgive others because sometimes people hurt you to the bone. Sometimes people emotionally betray you or whatever. But the motivation or the intent wasn't to do that. You know, somebody come and apologize and say, I really didn't mean you no harm, and I'm really sorry for that, and they're remorseful for that. But are you vindictive and evil that you can't forgive? That you can't allow somebody else to make mistakes or whatever? Well, like I said, the man might have been a pig or whatever, but to whose servant he was, you don't have a right to judge another man's servant. He was who he was. We are who we are. And the blind are blind. Those God had blinded. That's why Paul was having compassion. And he learned to have to empathize with others. And even love his enemies in things. This man realized and saw how much hurt he had caused. And he says, look, I'm willing to throw away being a millionaire. I'm willing to throw all of this stuff away 
I did it. I killed a person. I don't want my son to, 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 to suffer this. I don't want him to go to jail. He was willing that. But her covetousness, her, her inward waste, looking at him and despising and hating him so much, he says, no, you don't get to be the hero. I don't want my son looking up to you or whatever. Now, you despise him so much that you have changed places. That's the scorn of a woman. See, all of these emotions and feelings, that's why God wants those things to be divorced from us, that we don't have the works of the flesh. That's what the understanding that we get from God, that we have all of these complex emotions and feelings, and we are who we are. You know who your sons and daughters are. And some of them, I think of my, my sons and daughters. And to know them personal, they're good people or whatever. But they have shortcomings. They have downfalls. Sometimes do you agree with your daughter-in-law over your own son? Do you agree with your son-in-law over your own daughter? Do you agree with somebody else's husband over your own brothers and sisters? Because right is right. But then when nepotism, when it comes into a familiar thing, can you, he, he says, Jesus says, you have to love me so much that you hate mother, father, sister, and brother because you can't establish evil. You have to hate evil. You have to hate vices no matter where you find them. And that's the understanding he's trying to get to us, that to be God, yes. to be in this, the big picture is, these details, what's in you matter. You can't be hateful. You can't be covetousness. You can't be lazy. You can't be self-centered. You can't be idolatrous. All of these things matter. Details matter. But the big picture is the family was the most single important thing that God was telling you about and that's why it says God is a family. Elohim. That's why it shows you that Jesus was subject unto the Father. At no time did he usurp authority over the Father. That the Holy Spirit teaches us that's humility because the Holy Spirit came in Jesus' name. These Pentecostals and the one is always talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. It says he won't do anything in his name. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. Because God had given him a name above every name. Yes. He loved to say the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit or whatever. He said, but he won't speak of himself. He'll show you those things of mine. You, you see how a family operates? Yes. Yep. See, when we talk about human families and human prosperity, it's because of our pride. We like our sons and daughters to be wealthy. We like for our sons and daughters to be prosperous, to be right in all the, but all of that's not so. Some people say, you know, you got the kind of phase only a mother would love. You know, but everybody thinks their child is beautiful. Everybody thinks their children are smart. Everybody should respect their, and honor their parents or whatever. So, understanding and understanding of the parables that God says we are in a world that we are creating and that God's creating but you have to understand that the parables sowed to seed but there are different types of seed out there and the soil is the same 
but the seed that falls in the different types of ground have different kinds of outcomes in life. We can't change those outcomes. We have to preach the word and teach the word and depend upon God. We can't manipulate these things. We can't change these things. Uh, in the book of Matthew, 13th chapter, he asked his disciples, Have you understood these things? And they replied, Yes. Their comprehension allows Jesus to give them one more illustration to reveal their responsibility as they said that they comprehended the parables. If you say that you comprehend the word of God, he talks about this in the book of Matthew. He says, The heart of him that had understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. In other words, now, if you have understanding and you understand these parables, just as Peter, when he understood and was converted, he said he had to give himself to the study of the Word of God. You, you put God first and that the Word of God is your necessary food. Those of us that can go weeks and months or whatever without studying the Word, without reading the Word, without praying to God, there's a loose connection there. There's a loose connection there because he didn't give us but one day as a rest day, as a Sabbath, not to go out and collect the bread. But we see that that Sabbath is, Jesus Christ is our Sabbath. He is our rest. That's the Lord's day. So we're more turned inwardly upon that day than any other day. That day is not for seeking after our own pleasures not seeking after that which profits us, even though you may accomplish more good works during that day or during that time. See, he lightens your understanding. He gives you light. But the Gentiles, we have our understanding darkened. That's why somebody that's greedy, that, that they love to have money, they love to have stuff, they love to have material things. They can't get enough of shopping and doing certain things that's material of this world because those things won't satisfy. Christ is the only thing that satisfies. That's what balances our lives. Those people that seek after those things have the understanding darkened. See, because it's not through intellect. If I study the word of God so much and follow after church so much, it'll be like Jasper Williams, a, a preacher I used to listen to that my mother was really had a lot of his sermons and things or whatever. He said that he sought and run after the church and revival and preaching and all those things, but he lost his wife, he lost his family. You have to have balance in your life. But only God can give you that understanding of how to bring balance in your life. So as his people didn't have to strive to understand the meaning of the parable of the sower. When they came unto him, he explained to them the parable. He says, listen then to the meaning of the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom of God that is regarding salvation and does not understand and grasp it, 
the evil one comes and snatches it away from what was sown in his heart. So if I'm preaching today, if you hear preaching on the radio or the television, you hear preaching or whatever. And if you don't grasp it, you have to take it as that pearl of fine value. You have to value the word, hide it away. He says, your word I've hidden in my heart that I sin not against you. So you go back and nurture that word, study it, pray over it, ask God to give you an understanding of it. I, I don't understand this. God, help me to comprehend it. I, I don't know if that's the way the eunuch was praying or not or whatever. But he was in the middle of the desert going back to Candace in Africa or whatever. This eunuch looking and reading and studying it. God sends a man. He sends a preacher. And he says, Philip, go join yourself unto that chariot. Philip went there. Hey, you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I unless some man instructs me? Instruction is necessary. You know, and, and that's what I, I, I want you to understand. The details matter. Yes. That whole movie, he's thinking about how does that quarter fit into to the big picture? How does these things fit into the big picture? They asked the boy about his father. He was on the witness stand and... He said, you know what, I want remember one thing about me and my father, and he never had time for me. And one time he had time for me, and we went to the de- we went to this, this resort, and we was going to the dolphin thing. I had my golf clubs and all of this. He just wanted to spend time with his father. He says that he was sitting there, and a waitress came by, and his father seen the waitress, and his father went away with this waitress and didn't come back for six hours. That was buried in his mind all of those years. When he was a child, that was one of the reasons why he bashed this woman's head in that he thought was going with his father to get even with his See, we're a ball of emotions. We're a ball of things that if she'd have had him looking to God, looking unto the church, instead of turning him against his father. See, we try to get our revenge. We try to get our pound of flesh. We think back about our brothers and sisters. And notice that Joseph's brothers and sisters didn't change. That they was that same way when Joseph ruled, ruled over Israel and the father had died and they were still thinking that God, they lied on their dead daddy and said that he said that you shouldn't hold against us what, what it is you hadn't forgiven yourself. You know, sometimes we don't forgive ourselves. Yeah, yeah. The understanding here that the only way you can be forgiven is that you forgive others. And that's part of the prayer. And that's what Jasper Williams said, as is in that prayer. He said, as we forgive others. God forgives us as we forgive others. Are you a grudgingly one that forgives? The same way you forgive is the same way God. What measure that you measure, the same measure shall be measured unto you. That's the thing about judging. With that same judgment you judge others, you shall be judged that way. That's why I say you forget about the weightier matters of the law. Mercy and judgment. Are you a merciful person? Are you bitter? 
my, my daughter has a tendency to do that sometimes. Remember some of the worst things in life. Do you sometimes remember some of the worst yeah. things your parents did to you or somebody did to you? Of all the things that did happen in life, you don't have any good memories buried in there that you could think about to build your parents up or to build your brothers and sisters up. See, Al Green said, let's remember the good times. He says, meditate on whatever is good, whatever is pure, because you can sit in the home, you can sit somewhere and meditate on what somebody's done to you, and you'll be just like that boy. You go out and launch out and kill. You'll launch out. You'll take your own life. You'll say, nobody loves me, and this person here don't care for me. Satan does that. It's not good to be alone because as the mind thinketh, that mind is a terrible thing in there. That's why it says, let that same mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. You have to bring every thought into the captivity and obedience of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Casting down imagination and everything that exalted itself against what? The knowledge of God. You have to have the knowledge of God. That's why you have to get wisdom and understanding from God. To keep this way. As an explanation, John 7 and 5, it tells you that Jesus' brothers and sisters didn't believe in him. Mm-hmm. Not until after his death. Mm-hmm. They wrote, John, James wrote the book of James, Jude wrote the book of Jude. But he had a contentious thing with his brothers and sisters. And they say, go prove yourself. You go up to Jerusalem if you study out. Now, this, they, he was their older brother. And they didn't believe in him. But God had him covered. He had him veiled. And that same veil, that same blindness are over the eyes of each and every one of us. And that's why I say all of us that are under the law, we have to have that mire, that clay, that spittle, that anointing from Jesus Christ. He says, get from me eyesight and anointing. We have to partake of his feast. In other words, eat of his table, eat of his word, eat of that broken body that was shed of us, drink of his blood. In other words, that spirit, that blood that was shed, we have to be covered by that blood. There are a lot of elements of salvation. So there's a general appearance, a general grace But that grace is not a saving grace to bring you to salvation. And when you hear the word of God, faith cometh by hearing the word of God. But you didn't heard of the word of faith preachers preaching of ever increasing faith. You have to use the word of God. You have to apply the word of God. You have to have practical use of the word of God for it to increase in your life. You can be one of the five foolish or you could be one of the five blind. They all slumbered and slept. Now, I didn't say anything was wrong with sleeping. I sleep myself. But sleeping all the time is is bad. There has to be a balance here. There has to be a balance. They all slumbered and they slept. But we have to be circumspect. We have to be different. We have to strain to get this vision to see and understand. And that comes from time with God. Time with God. It says, why do you speak to this crowd in parables? Jesus replied, because it's, was, to you it's been granted to know the mysteries of God. But them it hadn't been granted. 
And so if we see and we realize God had granted us and we start seeing specks of light, wouldn't we start to hunger and thirst for that? Yes, yes, Isn't that yes. one of the signs? Can we, by discernment, see some time? But don't rely on that all the time. You remember I said that to have balance that. There are some that we can see, well, something's lacking. That's a dumb dog. That person's ignorant. That person's not with it because, why? all of these are characteristics that God gives his children to grow that God gives his children to stand out as light in a dark world. Yes. So everything, all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. Yes. Yes. There are more laborers needed in the vineyard. And I always pray that God would send more laborers into the vineyard. But the details was that God puts these things on your mind that you dig because you're not going to be satisfied till you understand this or to God show you you hungering and thirsting for that righteousness. Yes. Now, as Richard said, all of these little details here and there, it, it didn't understand until it comes together. The whole, well, you have to, that's why it says man shall live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That's why when I came to the Pentecostal church, I understood, I got it. You don't have to keep preaching to me about baptism. Mm. That's why Paul says laying aside the doctrines, doctrines of baptism or laying on of hands of all of these things. Let us go on to perfection. Because it's, it's a lot of plowing in this field. It's a lot of the word of God. Yes. I want to dig yes. deep into these things. Yes. So we have to have a compilation to grow. You have to have broccoli. You have to have all kinds of vegetables to go along yep. with those mashed potatoes or rice or bread or meat or whatever you eat. And you have to have a balanced diet. But the mind of Christ, where I was in Corinthians, I said that about the Spirit of God. It says, now we have not the Spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, so that we may know and understand the things freely given us of God. And that the rulers of this world did not understand and and they did not know or they wouldn't have crucified Jesus. Yes. Have you ever, do you not work against your spouse, your brothers and sisters? Do you not work against people the same way you do now as you did before you were born again? That's because God can open up your understanding that you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Right. You're wrestling against spirits and principalities and powers. Mm-hmm. And I told you one day I, I had been praying and, and things was going on in the house and that night I was praying and things was going on and it seemed as though that spirit jumped up, ran out of the house, and I heard the door slam, and I was so enwrapped in that, and I asked my wife, she said she had heard it too. Now I'm thinking I'm dreaming of what's going on, but this was, she said she heard it too. Now I don't know if I was able to draw her into my psychosis or my spirit was hit, what she said she heard. But do you know, that's why churches open up with prayer? Mm. 
You notice people open up with prayer and they live different types of life because you don't know what type of spirits those people are bringing into that church. Yes. That's a different amount of spirits. When I do weddings and funerals and things, sometimes I kind of feel bound. Those spirits are binding you or whatever. Mm. That's why, you know, I watch the things I watch on television and people that's watching different things on television, I go away and I pray or whatever <laughs> because I can't even pull God out of this, what you're watching, no kind of way. So I know that's of Satan. That's the difference from going in a bar or going somewhere where you know Satan is. Yeah. He's not going there with darkness. You tempting the Lord thy God then. Yeah. Now, evil come unto you, and you know, if we in the church, we can try to pray that away. Or we can we can bind where we're bound here. But if you given to seances and dealing with the dead and all these other things. You're inviting Satan and you're tempting the Lord. Then it says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Paul was bitten by a snake, not that he stuck his hand down there and was trying to get these things. That's why Jesus didn't dad jump off the temple. God would have sustained him, but if he'd have jumped off to prove a point to Satan, that was a whole different story there. Yes. You have to know and understand the word of God. That's why we say we have to have the mind of Christ and he puts things in your mind and he gives you understanding. And Richard said, about the forest and the trees. Richard said, now, you know, what got me and now I understand, he had told this woman to be careful of her daddy and of this detective. But what clinched it for him, and he knew the guy was in there at the end of the show, he came and they said, Emerson, Emerson, you in there? I know it's you because I wouldn't have thought to dump that meter. I never would have thought to dump that meter. Why would you dump that meter, that quarter in the meter? Details matter. And in this television thing, that refrain goes on, he tells Finley, and then Finley starts saying, details matter. It was about the letters and the numbers. And so you see this plural here, and details matter the devil's in the details but we can't miss the big picture the big picture is that we all one in Christ Jesus Amen. we're all brethren and sisters yes. so those enemies of ours out there we're to love our enemies those that despitefully true we shouldn't dismiss any of these things and they told us to preach the gospel to all men but he said he'll sort it out when he comes. He gives us the ability to sort out those that we should have fellowship with. Doesn't Paul say if a brother does a certain thing, you shouldn't have associations with him? Those within the church in the book of 1 Corinthians, what he's talking. Yes. And he talks about men and relationship with their wives and relationships with other people and things. Yes. You see, because the church could have to start being stronger than what they are. Yes. See, the end time church, we're the ones that says the sons of God, the sons of light. We have to cast Satan. We have to cast and we have to bind. We have to start speaking to the mountain. We have to bring these imprecations upon. As David prayed the prayers of imprecations, we have to start speaking these things into existence. Yes. But that comes from an understanding 
of God. Amen. That comes from the ability to see the forest for the trees. Yeah. Yeah. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day,